everybody. You're listening to What's Your Number? The podcast where we ask ourselves and others that age-old question, what's your number? In the hopes that telling these stories from our sexual past might help us get a little closer to understanding why we are the way we are. I'm Olivia, recording from Barcelona. And I'm Mariah, recording from New York City. Welcome to What's Your Number. Yay, welcome back. Um, today, we are going to be talking about jealous boyfriends, which is something yeah. that Olivia knows a lot about. Oh, do I ever? <laughs> I don't like even have to ask. <laughs> Fun. Uh, Gotta love a jealous boyfriend. Not, but yeah, it does give you material for days. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of material material for psychologists, therapy mm-hmm. visits. No. Yeah. <laughs> Therapists of all kinds, Reiki <laughs> healers, uh, sound bowl experts. And Agreed. Everything in between. A little jealousy in small quantities is not a bad thing, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Interesting. What's a small quantity of jealousy? Well, I feel like... It's it's natural for or not natural, but let me let me think about how to phrase this. I guess what I'm trying to say is like oh being overly jealous of your partner, especially if they're, you know, if, if they're not doing anything if they're not doing anything wrong, right? Is mm-hmm. is definitely a bad thing. It's like, you know, pathological, it's ego driven, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, you know, you see your partner like talk to someone else or something like talk to like a cute girl or something like that. Right. And you feel this like slight pang of jealousy, but it also kind of like makes you want them more. I feel like that can kind of be a good thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder. Yeah. I mean, jealousy definitely happens. Like there's, yeah, there's no way around it. And I think if you can leverage it to like turn you on, then then you're really getting somewhere with it. Exactly. And, <laughs> and I think also from, from the other perspective, <clears throat> like on the, on the flip side of it, like being the, on the receiving end, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it can be kind of good if like, or it can feel kind of good if your partner does get like a little jealous, you know? At least I, I guess if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing. I think, I don't know. I mean- it's 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 one of those things I think you just you have to you know if it's healthy or not I guess in the moment sometimes exactly. it's hard to tell but it's like it, I think the other thing about like really toxic jealous jealous relationships I was just thinking after I said what I said about like making it turn you on is like it, it also is like a huge part of what keeps people's sex lives like interesting and like in really toxic relationships is like the constant like you know like pulling it away and then the chase and then the like re-coming together and the makeup sex and the and all that stuff too so it's like I don't know it's like the same you can do all the same things kind of on a maybe on a smaller scale and it's okay but um I don't know I think I overdosed and like now I have an allergy as you totally (laughs) Well, I think like you said, it's like jealousy is, is it's never, there's no avoidance of jealousy, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like it's, it's going to exist no matter what and, and whether it's like kind of how you choose to deal with it, you can't avoid having those feelings at some point, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I think think that's, there's this fallacy about like open relationships where people, um, you know, like think that there's no jealousy and it's really just more people have like learned to cope with jealousy a little bit more. Oh yeah. Um, at least I think there's so much jealousy in open relationships. I mean, for sure. Cause there's just like so much fodder for it, but yeah, if you're making it work, it's probably because you're like 
processing it or, you know, you're just, you're dealing with it. In a yeah, way. not because you like never experience it. <clears throat> no, yeah, doesn't um, seem that way. Yeah, but I think also there's if Esther Perel talks about how something that like yeah, something EP. that will <laughs> something that will kill a relationship really quickly is when you become one too yeah. much, uh-huh. and then it's like the sexual attraction kind of dies, mm-hmm. but when you are both, you know, individuals, you know, you, the sexual attraction can continue more. And sometimes I see jealousy as like being like a little bit a part of that. It's like you kind of see your partner out in the world and you're like, you you sort of see them as an entity separate from yourself. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. kind of see them as like a desired object or desired, mm-hmm. yeah, desirable object. And it, it's kind of, you know, fun. I'm not necessarily- jealousy. Exactly. Like maybe, or maybe like a little, I don't know if maybe jealousy isn't the right word for that, but I feel like they're related feelings. Yeah. In a way, yeah. like you, you feel this. Yeah. It's like they, they say that, you know, babies develop object permanence around six months. And then that's also when they develop like that crazy, like, um, stranger danger or it's not stranger danger, but it's like, um, when they get super clingy basically to their parents and it's right. like the, it comes around. It's related to the realization on the baby's part that their parent can leave and come and come back. Because yeah. before babies like don't even really register when you leave a room. It's like you don't exist anymore. But it's like yeah. that knowledge that someone could leave. Exactly, it's like a, a sense of panic. You know. Hmm. Yeah, and like as I say it, I'm like maybe jealousy isn't totally the right word because it's not. It's not like you're like jealous of. It's not like, cause like there's jealousy where you kind of see them out in the world and you're like, think that they could be a separate person. Like what I was just talking about. And there's jealousy where you really think that something could happen and you're kind of like overcompensating for that, which is sort of what we're talking about when we talk yeah. about when I, like in this episode and in your number 13 Etc. episodes. Saga. <laughs> like all mm-hmm. the episodes that uh, <laughs> related to number 13. Yeah. But yeah, so like there's there's like the, the little pang of realizing that, you know, they're not, you know, you don't possess them. Mm-hmm. You can never fully possess them. And then, and then, yeah, there's, there's being psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not actually so. psychotic, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know which um, which club you want to join and choose carefully. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I and just want to say oh, if I have this cough drop in my mouth and it might not be the last one, so I apologize to anyone listening if that's distracting. <laughs> I was just, just gonna say to not. Yeah, we're both sick. You may notice Olivia and I have um, very sexy smoker voices today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of funny. We're both sick at the same time. Yeah. Haven't seen each other in person for over a year, but um, we have like feels like almost like similar illnesses. Although I think totally. Olivia, I think you might be sicker than me, but or at least I'm I'm less stoic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I don't think I have ever been described as stoic. <laughs> I don't think I will ever be described as stoic. Uh, no I mean yeah I'm just I I don't know dude it just doesn't go away but anyways that's a whole other thing I know we'll see probably what I'm missing in my life is just a good old sex story from Mariah so that'll be the cure a good old nap time story yep yay yeah I mean this is a fun one um so yeah, last you heard from me in both my old podcast that we had played some episodes from and in this podcast, uh, I was getting ready to leave on a little jet plane. And um, as you may remember, I was headed to Columbia for, you know, $160 or whatever my frequent flyer sponsored trip will cost. Amazing. And um, I'm so yeah, obsessed with planning. your old podcast, right? By the way, we'll we'll have to talk Aww. about it another time. It's so good. I Aww, listen to you're both so sweet. episodes, and I, I just, uh, the feeling, the depth <laughs> of feeling, the vulnerability, 
Ugh, the production yeah. level, the oh, and yeah, and such a such an amazing time capsule, such a time in the life. I totally forgot we haven't really like hashed that out. Yeah, it is funny because I I definitely all I can hear are you know like the mistakes and the sound quality and no. how like I guess a little bit douchey at times I sound, but then at the same time like I'm. I, I think I am just really proud of the fact that I I there was something I wanted to do and I did it. Yes. I think, oh, I think totally. that's how I feel about it. Um, yeah. And I, I think much like this podcast, you know? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure we're going to feel the same way in seven years. I mean, we're going to be 40. Yeah. Like, this right. is going to sound really... Er, I mean, not quite 40, but just imagine like how this is going to sound to us when we're 40. I know. I know we're going to, there's, there's some episodes we're going to listen back to and we're going to be like cringe, 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 but then we're going to actually overall be proud of it. I mean, to be honest, I listen back to these episodes and I'm, I'm actually sometimes like pretty like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, like, I'm like entertained, you know, <laughs> like I'm impressed. <laughs> In some episodes I'm like, okay, you guys are rambling too much, but anyway. Yeah. Pull it together. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Yeah, you can't hit them all. There's been a lot of these. These got a lot of stories. So, you know. For sure. It it really begs the question, like, what is good? Yeah. You know, what is, what is good, really? Um, I think about that with just, like, looking back on my old podcast. Because it's definitely, like, there, like I said, there's so many flaws. But I still feel like it captured the feeling that, yeah. like, I wanted it to capture. And mm-hmm. that feels, like, good enough to me. Um, oh, absolutely. I always think about yeah. what Joan Didion said about her novel, Play It As It Lays. And she was like, I read it now and I just see someone who didn't know how to write a novel, but I just did my best. And I think I got the idea across. And I mean, yeah. people like loved that novel. Obviously, it put her kind of put her on the map and stuff in a new way. But I mean, it, it, when I re- when I read it now, it's like it is super imperfect, and that's kind of what makes it um, feel real and authentic. So I don't know mm-hmm. that desire to want to have perfection, even in your first attempt at something, it will kill you too. Oh, absolutely! You know, it, it it will it will ruin your ability to create. Yep, like it will. You yeah. have to It'll just paralyze get you. something out there. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. At a certain point, as we learned. <laughs> as we've learned. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening to those little episodes that we played for you. Um, yeah, so um, I was on my way to Columbia, and I had, like, wrapped up the podcast, podcast at this point. I was like, new okay. chapter, you know? I need to you know, figure out what I'm doing next in my life. I'm not going to always be in podcast gig worker land. Um, I was freelancing still and I had been kind of freelancing the whole time, but I wasn't making that much money. So, um, but I was kind of like, I'm going to figure it out, you know? And yeah. the second I arrived to Medellin, I of course left my phone in a taxi. Um, <laughs> That's how you figure it out. <laughs> exactly. And I was also super sick for some reason. I have no idea like how it happened. It was just like, you know, travel mixed with, I was, um, I actually, I had stayed in Bogota on my way and it was like a little bit colder there. And I don't know what it is, but sometimes when you, you know, travel, especially to a new country. I feel like I always get like a sore throat. Oh yeah. No, it's true. What? Especially Bogota. Like it's so high up and it's so damp and, and it's also like hot and cold every day. Like, I don't know. Uh, everyone, I got super sick and everyone told me like, oh yeah, you have the Bogota cough or whatever it was. Right. And I think it's like, you're not used to the viruses that are, mm. you know, circulating. Like they're Definitely. like a different strain. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, I woke up in a hostel bed and I was like kind of slightly delirious, just like really swollen throat, um, phoneless. And someone in my hostel helped me um, like, like let me use like their computer to do the whole find me, find your iPhone. And then um, we kept calling it and finally someone picked up and um, turns out they were in kind of one of those like higher up neighborhoods that is called like a comuna. 
um, oh, right, because you're in Medellin at this point. Got it. Yeah, yeah, in Medellin at this point. Um, in in Medellin, like the the neighborhoods that are like it's kind of shaped like a bowl, and the neighborhoods that are like a little closer to the center. Well, not all, not necessarily, but like I guess the neighborhoods that are higher up on the on the edges of the bowl, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, are called tend to be called comunas. So it it was kind of an experience. You know, we took a taxi up there and. Um, it was, it wasn't quite a comuna, but it was, it was definitely like sort of on the edges out, outskirts of town. And the woman was like really so sweet and nice. And she gave me my phone back and was like, I found this in a taxi and I was like, thank you. And that is so I feel nice. Like that right there just kind of exemplifies Medellin to me. Everybody is so sweet and caring. And, um, I mean, obviously not everybody, like there is a lot of theft there. I got my phone stolen twice you know, over the course of the time that I lived there. So it's not, <laughs> Sure, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to paint an overly idyllic impression, but um, it's very like fa- familial place where I feel like a lot of people look out for you. Yeah. So I felt welcomed in that way. <clears throat> and um, yeah, ironically, as I mentioned, you know, I had just been to Bogota, um, but I had kind of had a little brush with one of Olivia's past lives in Bogota. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had stayed at the hostel where some crazy shit went down, as you guys will remember. Oh, that's Um, right. Oh, that's crazy. Because I had like told you about it, right? So you can say here at the hostel where my life fell apart and was put back together again. I don't know that I knew that context. Oh at yeah, the time. probably. You weren't like I was. Pre- we- I was like I was pregnant there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for for I f- oh I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, um, the for reference that was around the time that number thirteen came to visit. What number was it for you? Yeah, and then I was seeing number fourteen. I guess was it fourteen? Yeah, yeah, number fourteen. And then Lived Olivia there. also was pregnant and didn't know it. Um, yeah. Yet. Um, and so. But had a sneaking suspicion. Good times. Good times. Oh, God. I just remember putting on eye makeup in the bathroom upstairs and being like, no, you're fucking pregnant. Like, you have to deal with this now. And then, like, on the other eye, no, I think it's fine. You know? <laughs> Like, how did, wait, so I'm curious. So the eye makeup was was that just like your reflection time, or was there something in your face that you did you just quote unquote yeah. know? Or I think it was just you know that moment where you're just looking in the mirror and you're like looking in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. I mean, I feel like there were a lot of there were probably a lot of like hesitations you may have had while looking in the mirror at that point in time because <laughs> like you know your hookup with number 14 the night that number 13 yes like, came to see me uh, yeah got in his yeah. first plane oh sure yeah. yeah I know I tried to look as little as possible but it was I also time in my life when I was wearing a lot of makeup so it's hard to avoid yeah but you can actually I, put on a whole face of makeup without really looking yourself in the mirror. You very much can. It's it's true. Um, yeah. So I I my time in Bogota wasn't quite so glamorous. Um, oh gosh, I was. I I think I just remember like kind of just I was like kind of sick and it was just really cold and I I just yeah. like, didn't feel like going out. So I don't think I was really like that social. Um, I did end up on this little like walking tour um, through the kind of downtown area, I guess, for lack of a better word, the Candelabra. Uh Candelaria, yeah. Candelaria, yeah. And um, that that sounds better. And I ran into these, or I made friends with these like gringos who were um, also traveling to Medellin. And then ironically, I ran into them like on the street again um, in Medellin. And then one of them actually ended up knowing my, um, Airbnb host. So, um, we kind of became friends. Okay. And, um, so that's kind of just like a a thing that felt coincidental that kind of made me feel like Medellin was like a, you know, I guess a, a friendly place. Um, Mm -hmm. another thing that kind of felt, yeah, that felt, um, like kismet, I guess, to some extent 
I had made this post on this really big Facebook group. I didn't realize like how many people were a part of it. I don't know why I didn't check that before posting this post, but it was called Medellin Expats. And basically it's just like, someone had recommended it to me as a place to, you know, find out about events and stuff. And um, I just made a post that was like, hey, um, I'm so-and-so looking forward to meeting some people, blah, blah, blah. And it was like a picture of myself and like a bunch of people like reached out and they were like, wow, so bold of you to like make this public post <laughs> introducing yourself. And I was like, oh shit. Um, but yeah, one, this one guy who responded was like, I just moved here too. I'm having a pool party and you should come. And I was like, of course I will come. Yeah. And so with an invitation like that. <laughs> yeah. I went to this pool party and, um, I was like one of like two people who showed up. But um, yeah, we we had a nice time. And then we went out in Medellin and, you know, I'm just kind of like living my best life. Um, we ended up on a rooftop and got to see Medellin is just like an incredibly beautiful city at night um, with all the, you know, the mountains surrounding it and kind of all the all the buildings. And it's just it's just beautiful. And so I was kind of like in my I felt like I was in my element if that makes sense. Like, it, yeah, it just, it just was like, it just feels like a kind of this magical thing in the air that feels, makes you feel like you're very like living in the present and it kind of just, cause huh. it's, it's the eternal spring effect. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. Right. That's what they say about Medellin. It's always springtime cause it's like always nice out and things exactly. are always and, good. <laughs> and Having it be always summer is is fun too. When you think about, you know, places that are more tropical or warm and that's great too. But if you think about it, springtime is the yeah. time when things just kind of come alive. And that's just the feeling that feels like it's really encapsulates Medellin. Um, and that yeah. That's so nice. The, yeah, it, it is nice. And the thing, the kismet part of it was I had told the guy that I was hanging out with that... Um, I was looking for like a co-working space and he was like, oh, you should go to my cousin's co-working space that um, she had just started with some friends and it was in my neighborhood that I had moved to. And okay, so I was like, cool. don't mind if I do. I will <laughs> definitely do that. And so of course, yeah, he just like, he, I think he put me in contact with them and I ended up going, you know, to that co-working space and um, it was just this really awesome group of like seven friends who are around my age who had decided that they wanted someplace to work um, that was outside, you know, their house. Like I think right. remote working had just started to kind of be more of a thing. This was okay. pre-pandemic, obviously, but. Um, yeah, you were like an early adopter of the digital nomad lifestyle. Totally. But there were a lot of people in Medellin who were there doing the same thing, like expats and things like that. Like it definitely attracted because of its, you know, kind of spring, constant springtime aspect. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of people <laughs> from like around the world who were like, I'm going to live here and just work remotely. And then yeah. there were more like entrepreneurs and a lot of, a lot of young people who were entrepreneurs in Medellin at the time um, okay. who were like, I'm just going to, you know, do my, I'm going to freelance. I'm going to work remotely. And so there are a lot of um, things like that and people who were like had started businesses and needed office space and stuff like that. Okay. So um, they, it was in this really cool old building in this neighborhood in Medellin. Um, Medellin has these really awesome like uh, multifamily homes. Uh -huh. And basically they had been kind of like given access to this multifamily home for like a year to turn into this co-working space while they um, actually drew up plans to build a new building over it because Medellin is very like, unfortunately, and not a lot of these old multifamily homes survive. They are in the process yeah. of like tearing them down, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. um, but they kind of benefited from that. And then um, I, I also like, they also moved into what would be their like longtime building. Okay. Um, while I was there. So it was this other amazing, like beautiful building. And they, that they like totally made their own. They painted murals everywhere and it was just amazing. Very and it cool. had this rooftop and we had, um, we would have like these monthly potlucks, I called them. And uh -huh. they're basically just kind of like big parties. And um, very quickly, I 
had started, I, I was definitely, for some reason, like my kind of shyness sort of kicked in a little bit and it was like a little hard for me to feel like I could, like, I made like really close friends um, yeah. with the people who like ran the co-working space. Although they were really nice, I just found myself being like kind of shy around them because they were just very like, they all knew each other really well. And, you know, right. they were all kind of like stayers to some extent. Sure. They're very tight knit, um, uh-huh. kind of a click. But I did um, make pretty good friends with some expats who were working there. And um, another thing I did when I first arrived was I went on a trip to Cartagena and had just an amazing time and met some Argentinian folk and hung out with them. And mm, they kind of just fun. adopted me and treated me as part of their little crew. And um, yeah, so I felt like I was just, all these like fun things were happening and I was just meeting all these really cool, like, you know, worldly people. And I was just really enjoying myself. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's kind of, it's such a high when like you start to get get the hang of things when you go off to a new place. And you're like, at first, you know, there's like the excitement. Like you're like, okay, I'm fucking doing it. And then it's kind of like, oh, fuck, I'm doing this. And there's kind of anxiety and, and you have to like yeah. get yourself there and get on the plane. And you're like, you lose your phone and you're like, was this a terrible yeah. mistake? So then once everything kind of settles into place and you have a place to live, a place to work and like, you're meeting people and doing cool things and you're like, oh, it's such a relief and like, it's so exciting. It's like, oh, thank God. It's all coming right. together. Yeah, I really felt like that with Medellin because I was like, yeah, I, I was kind of like, okay. I had heard that this was like a fun place to go. Um, you know, I'd, I'd heard good things, but it was just kind of like a random adventure. And I don't know. I mean, I, I just felt, it was just exactly what I needed at that time. It was just very like free and entrepreneurial and there were so many people doing like really cool things. And so I kind of felt like it was a great place to try to grow my business, but it was also just really fun. And um, there were a lot of fun activities going on and there was always things happening at night and there were lots of people to hang out with and um, stuff like that. So yeah, um, I did start dating. Um, oh, there she goes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. That was uh, how I, that was my social networking at that point in time as well. Um, I don't think I went on that many. I think I only went on, well, I do remember going on a date with a policeman. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I, it was like through my expat friends that I had met in Bogota, um, who I didn't really continue to be friends with after this time in Medellin. Um, they were a little too much like the kind of the type of expats who were there to, I don't know, like do cocaine and, you know, hire sex workers. And I, I, I like nothing wrong with that, like at all. But it's just, it, I don't know. It, it just, it wasn't my scene. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, nothing wrong different. with hiring sex workers, nothing wrong with doing cocaine, but it, it just, there's a type of person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah, when you're doing it in like another country and like, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. One of it their friends um, was, had like, her like cousin came and he was a policeman and he was like, thought I was cute. And he's like, we should go on a date. And then he took me to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> and and then like or he was going to take me out to this like, you know, pop in neighborhood called, you know, El Poblado. And we were driving through there and he like couldn't decide where to go. So he's like, let me just take you to this place I know. And so he took me to the mall. Oh God. And which is kind of like, I mean, malls in um, Medellin and um, I think other parts of Colombia too are like, you know, a lot of people, I think somebody told me there once that like people used to hang out there a lot, like during when things were a little like less safe in the city because the malls would have like security guards and stuff like that. So it is, it's not necessarily like, I feel like in the States you're like the mall, you, you know? So it doesn't quite have that same yeah. <laughs> negative connotation, but it's still not like the cutest place for a first date. Yeah. And it, it was just really awkward. I was just kind of like, uh, like I like hugged him goodbye. I was like, don't touch me, you know, like yeah. nothing, nothing against you, but we're just very different people. Um, I don't know, dude. Yeah. Cops in Columbia are also 
such assholes. Like that would be that would be a tough sell for me. I know. I and I don't think I really like knew that. You know, I was just like, okay, like he seemed like I met him. He seemed like a nice person. I was like, okay, sure, he was cute. And then I was like, I very quickly realized I was like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Right. Yeah. A hard, a hard no. You know, I'm not this kind of person. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely fit with the vibe of my life in that I was like very. I'll try anything once at this period of time, you know? Yeah, for sure. You're like, oh, and here I am at the food court with <laughs> Right, 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 right. So, um, yeah, I think the next date that I went on, um, I had been on Tinder and I, I met this um, guy who seemed uh, cute and funny. And he was this Colombian guy. Um, he had lived in New Zealand for like seven years. Okay. And um, we just kind of started bantering and I was like, you know, good chat, as they say. And so we <laughs> went on a date. And to be honest, it's funny because, spoiler alert, we end up dating for like, I don't know, like th five months, three months or four months, I think. And I do not remember our first date. Like I couldn't tell you where we went, but I do remember that we had some drinks. Uh -huh. um, I remember being pretty drunk on our first date. And we we definitely that might be I, part of the memory problem. <laughs> that is definitely part of the memory problem. Um, like I said, he was really cute. Um, he had you know a like a like a you know he was like chiseled. I guess not like chiseled, but like he was like you know like super like fit, but like not overly fit. Um, had a really cute nice. face. Like had like freckles and um, I don't know. He was just a cutie. Um, <laughs> And he had this awesome accent. Like it was clearly, it, he spoke English, like obviously very well. So we did speak a lot of English. My Spanish at the time was like, it was like, okay. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just, I feel like this time in Medellin, I don't really speak that much Spanish to be honest. Uh -huh. um, like when I'm socializing at least. So yeah, with him, I spoke English and uh, he had this awesome accent because he'd lived in New Zealand for a while. And, you know, he obviously was like a native Spanish speaker. And so it was kind of like this sort of lilt that he had. Amazing. His yeah. English. And it was just, it was just like really, a, a really nice sound. He had a soft voice, or not a soft, like a deep voice, but it kind of had this like, soft lilt to it. It was really nice. Oh, yeah. And like, take um, me to the Shire. Exactly. The Colombian Shire. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And where he did take me that night was to my first ever sex motel. Um, okay, or shout that. Out, <laughs> shout out Olivia's number 15 um, or whatever. Oh my God. Or whatever. Yes. So many, so many sex motels. So when was your first time? time? I think it was with number 13. Okay. I think that was my first one. But yeah, what a, what an institution, you know, that's when, you know, yeah, totally. You're in Latin America. I should have made this episode theme, um, sex motels. Yeah, it's not too that, late. That I know, right. I'm calling it audible, changing the, the theme <laughs> right now. Um, no, I mean, honestly, it was the era of sex motels. Um, so we, we went to the sex motel and like the sex was like really good. He was a yes. Taurus. Uh, so I don't know. Of course. Just, we had like Not a surprised. good. <laughs> he, he very much was a Taurus. Um, uh, and yeah, like the, like the sex was really good. It was really fun um, just being in, in the sex motel. And I was, it was just like a really fun experience. Like I'd never experienced it before. Yeah. Um, what kind was it? Was it a kind with like the mirrors on the ceiling? Or was it kind with like the old lady who gives you like the the warm rum and coke and like a condom on a tray or like what? <laughs> <laughs> so all, all the ones so I went to, yeah, all the ones I went to, like if you wanted to order something, it there'd be like this like little window in the room uh -huh. where they would like give you stuff. Like, oh, interesting. Or like a little, like, like uh, I, I guess like a little hidden place like little where they would like set something on a shelf, you know, and then you waiter open this. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you're in prison. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. And it's it's like they try to like protect um their your identity. Like they kind of try to like be invisible. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. That's I kind of became obsessed with this, with them after this <laughs> because I thought that they were such a like fun little concept to think about. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I, I think in this particular time, what always made me feel awkward was when we would like walk in and then we'd be like standing there waiting for a room kind of a thing. Yeah, like, that's want definitely room, the most you know? awkward part. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, we have a room. We want to um, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like you're literally only there for one purpose, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Cause, <laughs> right, cause like no one stays the night there because they're, they'd be expensive to stay the night, I guess. Well, I guess you could stay the night. And like I have ended up staying the night. But I think I mean, we stay by the, the hour. So, yeah. I think we stayed the night this time. Yeah. Well, um, that's I, work, nice. I, I mean, that's a morning. gentlemanly thing to do for sure. It, <laughs> like, all right, get up. It's time to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Believe me, after a few yeah. months of going and paying for these, number 13 was like, all right, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, like I said, this is this is our first date, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah, he's feeling magnanimous. <laughs> yeah, totally. But, and then you walk in and it's just like this, it's this like, room that's just kind of like designed for sex and um have you seen that show on netflix it's like how to build a sex room yeah of course so i honestly love the concept of it it made me think of sex motels because i loved the concept you walk into a room and it's not you know your bedroom sometimes isn't that sexy right call me crazy but you know the pile (laughs) the pile of laundry on the floor and like (laughs) yeah you know the kleenex box um next mm-hmm. to it and the cold medicine at least that's my bedroom right now yeah um yeah and and so you go in and it's just like they're all decorated it's like they're decorated for sex and there's like usually like a stripper pole and like there's usually a sex chair and there's usually what there's usually a, a mirror chair. on the ceiling the mirror on You've the ceiling never seen for sure they had sex chairs at the sex motels that you were going to in Columbia. yeah they did damn like a tantric like Sex chair thing? Like so one of those jealous. ones is like an S curve on the top. Yes, I want to try one so badly. Yeah, I think I've used it a couple times. I don't I do have like one specific memory from that, but like yeah. I mean, and also what's kind of fun is you know, I mean, if you just think about a hotel bed, you go there and it's like perfectly made up and and then you just you just like ah, like sprawl out on it. Oh yeah. Kind of a thing. And you'd think it would feel maybe a little quote unquote gross. You know, because other people are just like fucking in this room. But I don't know. I never felt grossed out by it. Have you? I mean, I've definitely like been to some seedy ones that you, you're you like, okay, let's like definitely like remove the top layer of like <laughs> this bed. Okay, I think I have too. Um, I think there is that element for sure. But, but no, I don't know. I've had a lot. I don't know. I've just had like a lot of, I've had such varied experiences. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I'm like getting ahead of myself. So like, we'd always like hook up and then we'd like order or we'd like, or we, you know, sometimes we'd like order like some lube or we'd order some, and we don't, I think we'd always order like condoms. You can like order up. Yeah. Your lube, your condoms, everything. You can order toys. Um, A lot of toys. Yeah. You can order, I mean, some of like the nicer ones, I guess. Um, okay, order, I feel like, like a you were of going champagne. to like a different level of sex motel. <laughs> I was always going to these ones that were like run by these like really like dowdy grandmas who would give you this like scratchy towel and like a warm cocktail and they were just like, they would like ride in the elevator up with you and it would be like the most <laughs> awkward elevator ride of your life. Oh my God. Mirrors no, in the elevator just, like, give as us, well. like a hotel key. So you can't like yeah. look, there's nowhere to look. And like you're just making everywhere you look, you're making eye contact with this old woman, and oh yeah, that's so funny. Well, yeah, so uh, that we would always order like champagne or something like that. Like there were always like you know fun drinks they could order, and then some of them like we would order like ice cream sundays afterward, you know, <laughs> or like or like I I think we'd always get like a picada, you know, um, yeah, which is basically like they're like little like I guess you know, pieces of like grilled meat and I don't know. Yeah. A little charcuterie board. Yeah. It's basically like, it's like a, exactly. It's like basically, um, like a charcuterie board, but like everything's barbecue. Oh, okay. Like it's like everything's been cooked on the Barbie theoretically. Right. Um, I guess. (laughs) Trying to explain a a picada, you know? Yeah. Um, It's different here. And I forget how it is there. (laughs) 
Anyway, um, yeah, so I definitely wanted to keep hanging out. Clearly, I was just getting ahead of myself and spilling all of our, you know, sex motel escapades. Um, he like was really leaning into, yeah, he was really leaning into, let me show you around Medellin. And he had just kind of moved back to Medellin, um, after living for seven years in New Zealand and he was living at his mom's house. So he invited me over there and, um, you know, we got along really well. Like he and I, he was, he was definitely funny. Um, his family was sweet and kind of, you know, just really accepted my presence, which was nice. Um, because like I said, like my Spanish was like good, but it wasn't like amazing. And so I wasn't always like keeping up with everything that would happen in the conversations, but I was, you know, I was getting better for sure. I definitely felt a little awkward just spending, like we just spent a lot more time with his mom than I have ever spent with anyone's mom, especially like early (laughs) on in a relationship. And I definitely like, I like, she was really sweet and I thought it was cute how he like would want to like include her if we went out to dinner or something sometimes and not all the time, but like definitely more than I was used to. (laughs) And I thought it was sweet, but I was also like, sometimes like, can we not have your mom (laughs) join us this time? You know? Um, Oh God, yeah. that's hilarious. So, yeah. And um, yeah, so it was just kind of an interesting dynamic there. I felt like I was like, I felt like they were like my host family, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I can imagine that. Yeah. They were and, like, and this is, you know, insert like name of like typical product or food. And they're like, yeah, and yeah. we eat it on this day. And then it's like, yeah, you're like yeah. you have to repeat it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I ended up actually toward the end of my time, I ended up like, I guess, but like staying there for a couple of weeks with them. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, the thing about him was that he kind of always wanted to be hanging out, um, which at first I really liked. I was like, oh, this is fun. You know, I like companionship. You know, I, in my current relationship, I always like to be hanging. I mean, I, I, I enjoy hanging out with my partner. Like I'm, it's not like I I don't like the yeah. It's not like I don't like the idea of someone wanting to spend time with me. Yeah, but I think like it just felt like he kind of always wanted to do everything together, and like I would always be like running errands with him and stuff like that. And I would, I just I feel like I I was like I don't I don't want to go with you to go run your errands, kind of you know, mm-hmm. especially at this stage. Like, can we just hang out and do fun things together? Yeah. Um, kind of a thing. So that was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure what that was about. Um, I think he just didn't have that much going on. He was like not working at the time and like he just like saved a bunch of money and he was just kind of like trying to figure out what he wanted to do next. And I think he just wanted companionship. Yeah. Um, he was also, I felt like I was always waiting for him. Like, He'd be like, we're going to go run this errand. And I'd be like, okay, sure. Like, I, It would be like, hey, do you want to hang out? Let's go do this. Let's go to dinner or something. But first I need to run this errand. I'm like, okay. And then he'd be like, take forever just to like leave the house, you know? And I'd, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, this is not Taurus. what I agreed to. <laughs> Typical Taurus. I say yeah. every day, I say to Ari, I'm like, the hardest thing I do every day is leave the house. <laughs> so I'm like... <laughs> make like five trips around just like looking for one thing and I can't find it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even need this. So I put it back yeah. and then look for something else. I mean, to be fair, I think I'm pretty similar. I'm pretty like forgetful and yeah, I, I've definitely become more of a homebody these days, but, but like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I think that was just like a minor, a minor annoyance. And the, but the biggest issue getting to theme number one, yeah. The biggest issue was that he was <laughs> super jealous and just had some like. Number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're 45 was, minutes in. I know. I know. I know. I know. Um, don't worry. I'm just don't worry. It's all, I'm just giving you a hard time. Hit me. Hit me with you, number one. It's all downhill from here. Don't don't worry, guys. Okay. Okay. Cool. You know, cool. This, this is not my first time telling the story. And. <clears throat> Every time, it's just hard to tell it succinctly. <laughs> um, so I do apologize. But um, yeah, so he was like, he's had a little bit of a jealous thing. And um, okay. I, something happened. Like I went on a trip and this was like when we had first started hanging out. 
And I think he, I had like ended up making out with one of my friends on this trip. And I think I like told him about it just in full disclosure. Cause we started, we kind of became like a fish after that. And I just thought it was like fair to be like, Hey, mm-hmm. by the way, I like, you know, I haven't been fully like exclusive, I guess is maybe how I worded it. And he definitely seemed, I feel like that kind of kicked off his jealousy a little bit. Yeah. And then there was one other time when I did Coke with some friends and he got um, super mad about that because he was like, that's not okay to come, you know, to Colombia and do cocaine, blah, blah, blah. There are like, I guess, I guess different schools of thought in Colombia about how okay it is to do cocaine for obvious reasons. I mean, you know, it's, there's, there are the people who I hung out with who would hang out with more the second time I went um, who were like, our age and we're totally fine with it and we're down to, you know, dabble and whatever. Yeah. And then there were the people who were, you know, I guess more traditional and kind of had seen it destroy their country. And they were like, that's, you know, horrible. I want nothing to do with that. Right. And to be honest, I really do understand both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I totally understand it. And I think for a, like for a while, I like, I felt guilty about doing cocaine anytime I did in yeah. Colombia because I had seen how upset he got about it. And I like, like I said, I respected the like, you know, that he might have a different perspective on it. Um, so he kind of like got unnecessary, not, but the way he acted when he was mad was, I was like, okay, this is like not cool kind of. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is this, I also had that same thing with number 11 who also was really, um, I didn't feel like he judged me, but like he made his feeling about me doing me as an American going to Columbia and doing cocaine. Like I think he he pointed out the hypocrisy there, and just you know, he's like, I don't know if you ever heard of the war on drugs. I was like, no, no, yeah, I've heard of it. Um, <laughs> but I guess the thing is, is like he left it there. Like he was like, okay well, that's how I feel about it. And the thing is, is if it's going to bother you so much, you can not be with someone or or not be around them or whatever. But at the end of the day, we're all adults. We're all going to make our own choices about it, you know? Yeah. I know. I mean, I don't know. It's hard. It's kind of like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to, I could potentially get canceled for saying this. But isn't it a little bit Do like it. climate change? It's a little bit like climate change. Okay. Do tell. Like, it's like, we know that like some of the things that we do are not conducive to fighting climate change, like getting on airplanes, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there are like a lot of things that we do and we're like, okay, like I could be better. Um, but am I personally going to be making like the biggest impact? It's this weird, it's this weird catch 22 because I, I find myself a lot of times feeling like I want to cut back on flying. Like I want to, you know, I want to try to produce less waste and all these, all these little things that would, that I feel like would be good things to do. But then at the same time, it's like, it's a systemic problem Mm -hmm. as well. You know, mm-hmm. the, the fallacy, there is a little bit of a fallacy that's like, you know, that we can individually make that big of an issue when corporations are the ones who are like causing way more pollution and creating like plastic wrapped products and, you know, stuff like that. Like there's like, how much can we really do? Um, even if we all work collectively, right? If, when the system is set up this way, and yeah, I don't think it's exactly the same thing because obviously with cocaine, there's supply and demand. Like I understand, yeah. but yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, do you see, I see what you you're see saying the- about like, it's just, yeah, is one person going to make a difference? Like the the violence and the sort of um, terror that goes, or that's like surrounds the cocaine industry and like, the drug industry in general is not um, exactly the end consumer's fault. Um, so yeah, I see what you're saying there. I mean, I think, I think for me, the 
it's just like like that tricky part about as an American, like and just like the things that like my government has done and in, in like in specifically in Colombia. I don't know, you totally. know that specific dynamic, which like I I know that you're not like you're you're thinking of that too, but it's like you're right. I mean, you're not gonna change that by not consuming. I just do think like yeah, everyone we all have blood on our hands, like everyone, all of us that have consumed Coke, like, I don't know, but it's, but I still do Agreed. it. So there you go. No. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like, I, I, the whole entire time I lived in Columbia, which was almost three years, like I, I really just was like hyper aware of this, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. like, it's this, it, it, I don't know. Like I was talking earlier about, you know, the expat friends that I had who, who just came to Columbia to like hire sex workers and like do blow Neither mm-hmm. of which are bad things, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. in and of themselves. Right. There's something gross about when you come to a country just to do that. Yeah. It, just to take right. advantage of of people who are like put in positions. Like, I don't know why the whole coming to Columbia to like specifically have sex with sex workers bothers me. Cause it's like, I'm not against sex work. I think it's just the disadvantaged aspect of it. Like the, the power imbalance doesn't feel good or the power balance doesn't feel good to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, you don't need to go to Columbia to like, you can find sex workers in your own, in like in your own country, in your own community that where you understand a lot better, like if they're being exploited or exactly. the context around their work. Like, not that you're maybe going to understand it 100%, but you're going to have a much better idea about what's going yeah. on. And you, as opposed to, like, going somewhere where you pay basically nothing and you're taking the risk that someone's being really taken advantage of. Yeah, totally. I think the thing that, that ultimately made me feel better about, cause like I said, for a long time, I did not feel comfortable or I did not feel good about any time I ended up doing cocaine in Columbia. Mm-hmm. The thing that made me feel better about it was like the second time I lived there, I was more often doing that with Colombian people. Uh-huh. And to me that felt a little bit more, I'm like, okay, I'm like living in Colombia. I have Colombian friends and this is something we're kind of all engaging in. And I'm just kind of like being part of something that's already exists versus, I don't know. I think, and like I said, like, I don't want to judge anyone who like comes to Columbia and they're like, I want to try Colombian blow, you know, like nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. We can't judge is the thing. (laughs) I would never, I would never judge. Yeah. So anyway, there's nothing, I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm just saying like, I think basically it should all just be legal let's just legalize all drugs. Let's just get rid of the shitty. That's actually something that um, the current Colombian president is trying to do right now. He's trying to legalize small batch cocaine production. You don't Um, say. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually know. I haven't like read too much about it, but it's one of the things that he's trying to do to prevent like all this, you know, the the shitty aspects of the culture around around that economy, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting. So anyway... (laughs) All this is to say, these are yeah. very complicated issues. Yeah, sure very, is. We don't have we're not to, I am but a cog in the wheel. I am not, I am not a, I'm not a, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not a, like, altru- an altruistic actor. Like, for right. better or for worse. Yeah. You know, I have engaged in these things. And anyway... So basically the, the long and short of it, I feel like I'm like running out of time. So I might have to save some of this for, um, a few, like what happens with me in number 29. Um, the, you know, the future of our relationship, if you will. Um, I would. <laughs> but suffice it to say that, uh, we kind of had these like little back and forths of, you know, I, I, he, he, I noticed that he would like get really angry. And like, there was this one time Um, when I ended up doing some blow with the guy that I ended up making out with. And then I kind of like knew that he would be mad about it. So I was like, okay, this relationship's over. You know, I was just like, I'm, I knew that he would be not happy with it, but I knew I was going to do it anyway. And I was Hmm. like, okay, like, I guess I need to break up with him. So I told him about it 
And then, and he was obvious. And I was like, okay, I guess we have to break up because I know you said that you, this was like a deal breaker for you. And he was like, he was like, okay, like I, I like. Are you doing coke I, or are you doing coke with other guys? Or are you hanging out with other guys? Uh, me doing coke and I think also hanging out with the person that I had like made out with. I think both right. of those things were just like triggering. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, and so I thought it was over, but then he like, the next day he like, he's like, I want to see you. He came to my house. He's like, okay, I may have overreacted, blah, blah, blah. We had makeup okay. sex. We went to a sex motel. You know, so that was just kind of like our <laughs> like cadence, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like I think, I don't know. I think he kind of like realized that I was like, it's not that I wasn't that into him. I definitely liked him, but I was just kind of like, I'm not going to put up with feeling, sh- having you make me feel shitty. Right. Right. About everything I do kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So for the rest of my time in Columbia, we sort of, I, I, think the last month I was there, we traveled and I actually stopped going to the co-working space and spent a lot of time with him. And we just kind of, you know, kind of became closer and closer, I guess. Um, but there was always this weird kind of dynamic. Um, so yeah. And the last thing I'll say in this very, very long episode (laughs) of just a ramble fest is that, um, before I had stopped going to the co-working space, um, there was always this like really cute, like designer guy with like really big dimples and kind of, uh, like thick rimmed glasses and curly hair. And I was just thought he was really cute and he always like looked so happy and he was just always like talking kind of like life of the party vibes, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but also seemed like really smart and, um, the I had wanted Yeah, I I had like been ideating what my next iteration of the millennial search for meaning should be. And I wanted a logo for the project. And so I decided to talk to him about having him create a logo for me. So we went out for a beer or something like during the day. We were supposed to have a meeting and he's like, why don't we go have this meeting over a beer? And I was like, okay, great, let's do it. And um, he just kind of had this like whimsical, fun personality. You know, he was telling me about... um, a project that he had had that was basically giving like, it was like personalized gifts um, that were like personalized sentimental gifts. So if like you, it was a little business that he had and it was like, if you want to give a gift to like your dad, but you want to get him something special. For example, one of the things that he did was he like designed this like custom, like comic book for somebody that was like, it was like from like a comic that they had loved as a kid, but then he made it like about them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like he was just- It doesn't sound very very, scalable, but it sounds nice. (laughs) I know. He, yeah, he was uh, such an entrepreneur in that way. Like he always had like a little project like that, but um, he told me about that project and I was like, wow, that is so cute. And he was definitely like a little flirty, um, but you know, I had a boyfriend and- a couple of days later, I stopped going to the co-working space and then I left Columbia and um, number 29 and I had decided, you know, we, we really left on a high note. Um, we uh-huh. had, like I said, we'd done some traveling and I'd stayed with his family for a couple of weeks and, you know, things were feeling good. So we were like, why not try this whole long distance thing? And then I will come back to Columbia as soon as I can. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So no, um, no set date, but you were just like, I'll come back when I can. Wait, I for had me. to go back yeah. because I had a f- some photography gigs that summer. Um, so I definitely had to go back to Montana, but I knew that I wanted to come back to Columbia because I just really liked it there. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The search. So continues. sorry for. Sorry for all the digressions in this multi-themed episode, but... um, Yeah, we don't even know what the theme's going to be. Stay tuned. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the the bumpy ride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to What's Your Number. This episode was produced by Olivia and Mariah. 
Music is by No Fancy. Editing and mastering by Lightning the Cavern Works. You can learn more about us and check out our blog at whatsyournumberpod.com. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, leave us a review wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to hear about more sexcapades. Sexcapades.